What up, what up, what up, what up, everybody? It's your girl, Marquita, but they like to call me Who Miss Hollywood. You're tuned to another episode of So Hollywood, the podcast. everybody it's your girl Marquita, but they like to call me who miss hollywood <laughs> you're tuned into yet another episode of so hollywood the podcast so hollywood the podcast is a platform where everyone is treated equally and i bring them together with this thing called entertainment as long as you have some form of entertainment in your life you are welcomed on my platform um i like to do a mini recap um excuse me I have to get my life together, y'all. You know, I got to look cute for the camera, too. <laughs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> the latest recap recap I have, I had Jimmy Codine. He is a Virgin. He's born in Jersey, but he was raised in Virginia. He is co-signed by Timberland and Wisdom, which is a... Um, a portion of Timberland's uh, group of producers. So shout out to him. Um, he just dropped his newest album, Three Fo Three F O E. Actually, uh, you can follow him on Instagram, Jimmy Codine, J I M M Y C O D A N. Listen, my mouth is just juicy. I'm so sorry. Catch the latest episode of So Hollywood the podcast on your favorite streaming platform, as well as wherever else you want to have it on. If if you don't have it on your favorite streaming platform, let your girl know because I'm trying to get there. And also vote for the hood. And uh, <laughs> yeah. But without further ado, I want to bring my special guest up here today. Um. But before that, he is a West Coast director of urban promotions and lifestyle. He's a core DJ worldwide, and he is CEO and founder of Marshall Productions. Shout out to, I don't know how to, let me see. Listen, I, I messed up names a lot, so <laughs> please bear with me. I'm going to try my hand. Is it Sil Sylvan Marshall? Close enough, close enough. It's, um. It's pronounced Sylvan. Sylvan. I was named after my grandmother, Sylvia. Oh, shout out to your grandmother. Oh, Yes, ma'am. Um, <laughs> shout out to Ray Nitty that's in the building. Shout out to everybody that's on Instagram live. Um, so uh, we're going to get into this uh, interview. Uh, listen, 
I often get ca- caught up with my words and my mouth speaks faster than my tongue or vice versa. So just bear with me. <laughs> and this is a raw no and uncut um, platform. So you can cuss, you can, you know, share whatever you have to share on this platform. It's very welcome. So um, let's sure. get this interview started. How did this thing called entertainment enter your life? It entered my life to my father, uh, Troy Marshall. Shout out to Troy. Uh, Dear Lord, 30 years plus in the game. I want to say a close to 30 years plus. He started in college when he went to UCLA. He was doing clubs. Okay. okay. And then graduated from UCLA. He started a company called Seven Oasis. Um, and they was like the urban promotional team through the 90s and early 2000s. Okay. He also worked for like all the hot clubs from the 90s, like uh, uh a dynasty, uh, the Century Club, and other clubs as well. This is all West Coast so or that, L- LA based. All, all, all in LA, yeah. Okay, understood. yeah, because me and him both were born and raised in LA. Okay, gotcha. Um, so that's how I started in my life, and I want to say maybe in '93, roughly, he got his first job at MCA Records. Okay. His first project um, that he did promotions for was. Mary J. Blythe, what's the 411, I believe? What? That's his, yeah, her first album was his first project. So yeah, that's his first project. He um, he had to do promotions for um, when he got his first job, we're saying like 93, 92. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, then from there, you know, the list is on, 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 on. From <laughs> right, <Edwin>. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Because so, you have um, you have kind of a similar story. We're going to get into that, but you have kind of a similar story because when you first got into your promotions and marketing side, your first interaction was like you you had like back to back hits that you came on and and you know got got out, put out there so to speak. But we're going to get into that because that was later on throughout your um, career. But go ahead, right. go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> um, I mean, so yeah, that was my introduction, and then. I I personally got into the business. Um, hmm, when did I get into the business? Personally, I would say maybe in two thousand seven. Okay. In BC, with the two thousand seven, I got, oh, so I'm, I don't know what just happened. Um, oh, I got into the business in two thousand seven. BT week June uh, June two thousand seven. Um. How can I put it? Uh, and that was my start into the business. The the most busiest, hectic, hellish time in urban music. <laughs> People think the Grammys. No, Grammys is, is, you know, it's all formats. It's all genres. It's a mixture. But when it comes to pure urban music, rap, hip-hop, R&B, it's B to hip-hop week without a question. This is not the one that happens in Atlanta, correct? This is the one that no, happens... Hip hop awards that happens in Atlanta and Miami a few times. Okay. We talking about the beach because every June, um, I mean, of course, it was tough for last year because of the pandemic. Gotcha. But uh, that's there every June, so that's why I started. Um, I started doing street team lifestyle marketing with him at Interscope. Uh, from there, I worked out with a lot of labels from, um, I mean, all of them from Def Jam, Republic. Uh, I worked with Epic before I was hired at Epic, Columbia, RCA. You know, Warner, Atlantic, um, you know, every major label, some good independent labels, Empire mainly being one of them, you know, independent artists. And then in May, 
2017 is where I got hired at um, at Epic Records. Okay. To be the West Coast um, Regional. And as of August, when I got promotion, I'm the West Coast Director of uh, Promotions and Lifestyle. Okay, gotcha. Now we're gonna we're gonna revert back to like your when growing up. So how was your entertainment scene back then versus what it is today, if that makes sense? I mean, one one you know we had teen clubs. And I would say that I used to go to have my fun at, and even eighteen up clubs. We had more of those growing up. Yeah, for sure. Um. Because you were born in 83, uh, but, same year. Yes, I'm okay, born so. in 83. Gotcha, yep, gotcha. yep, I was born in 83, January 83. And, um, I mean, now it's definitely more, and it was more so, and I, I, and this is more so anywhere, really now, it was so more about the table. Okay. It wasn't a table about a thing situation, or people got their drinks, they was dancing, we didn't have all the technology and phones, we definitely wasn't on our phone. For sure, for sure. Um, it was more you know, it was more dads can have a fun. You know, in L.A., I don't know. I can't fix no of L.A., you know, these little the party clicks. Um, and there's still a few out here, but not as bad as it or rampant as it was. Right. So it really changed over the years. Um, it's just a change. And I'm sure everywhere is probably more informal than we used to growing up at from people our age and stuff like that to compare to this generation. Yeah. This generation is way different. Everybody, like I said, everybody wants to be on their phone. Everybody want to be in the section. Everybody want to look important, but nobody really is having fun. It's just like going it's, to a pool party and not getting in the pool. Like that's, <laughs> that's perfect example of what ex- this thing called entertainment is, 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 is not entertainment, but just going to the clubs is like, for me, I don't even go to the clubs unless I'm, you know, either I'm getting paid for it or a homie in town or, you know, something like that. Because it, the, the vibes is way different now. It's not the same like it was. Here, if it ain't for work, I, I, look, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely team home. I'm team home, club <laughs> home. You know, I, I don't I don't I don't have to. If it ain't about a check, it ain't about no business. I ain't in nobody's club. Big facts. Like, it has to be a reason for me to go out and be somewhere Especially in LA, especially at home, it has to be a reason for me to be outside. Right now, when you were growing up, um, outside of your father, what was your other biggest influences that kind of um, influenced oh. you into what you're doing now? Nothing influenced me now. I mean, I played football, basketball, you know, track growing up all my life through high school, even through college. Um, a story that I recently started sharing is people because people always ask me. Or there's some, because my dad was in a business, I just wanted to be in the business. Like, no, that's not the case. The right. reason I got into the business is I got a felony. Yeah. I yeah. got a felony. Um, hey, I couldn't get a job, just being honest. Yeah. Um, it was a fresh felony, and I didn't want to really be a, um, the statistic or the revolving door of what in out of jail or keep doing illegal stuff to make money to take care of my daughter. Cause I had a daughter, I want to say maybe it was roughly two. Okay. Cause she was born in 2004 and I caught my case in 2006. Okay. Um, asked my dad for help and it's happened to ask him BT, the week before BT week. So when he was on the road, he came back and then he met me for five minutes. Like this, how much you're getting paid. This is your boss. This is your duties. Get out of my office. I got a meeting coming up. And, um, and that was my mission to the business. They didn't know nobody. 
of course, I didn't understand what BT. I knew it was big, but I didn't understand it. So imagine me trying to get in the clubs, get DJs to play record. No one who the fuck I was. Absolutely he no one. He threw you to the wolves for real. <laughs> Literally to the wolves, the fire, the brimstone. Like, yo, here's some fresh meat. He dangled me like in the front of a... Here's fresh meat. Let's have some fun. Like... <laughs> so... But I'm sure it was uh, all in good spirits because I, I you know... No. I've met your father as well because he 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 allowed us to have many parties at his at his um at his location, the core DJs, in which we'll also talk about that because we had the core model pool party there twice actually, and so at he's palm, really, yeah, yeah he's really really dope. He's really really dope. But keep going. I'm sorry. Go tell the story. Um, I mean that's pretty much it as, as far as you know my my entertainment life. Uh, as far as how. You know how I got in, how it influenced me. Uh, you know, and how and, and I mean, I mean, I, I guess we'll talk about it later, but how far I've gotten from it, or et cetera, et cetera. Right. But that's that's pretty much it for me. So, at what age was that? You he threw you to the wolves. What age? Uh, I'm 38, 14 years ago. So what's that? Twenty four, roughly twenty four. I want to yeah. say, yeah. Roughly twenty four, about to be, yeah, twenty four. I'm, th- I'm thirty. I'm thirty eight. My birthday's in January. So my birthday already passed. Oh, okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty four. So. And you had just got out of college. Had you had graduated college? In in. No, I was I was already at college. Um, I was having a daughter in two thousand and four, and you know, colleges are funny sometimes. Sometimes they let you take your family with you. Sometimes they don't. Right. Unfortunately, the school didn't let me take it. So I didn't, and I didn't want to leave my daughter to, you know, I, I, I just didn't feel safe being with my, 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 my daughter's mother at the time. Understood. So I, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't transfer. I, after, after my last year at college, I just stayed here, start working. Um, and that was in 2003 is my last football season. In 2004, my daughter was born. So I started working, but, you know, I was just also in the street, so right, right, understood. That's that goes for a lot of the people that I've talked to so far. A lot of you know transitioning from you know being in the streets to this thing called entertainment is is it's a wake up call, and it's like it's different things that happen it happen within that transition. So I definitely, I definitely understand that portion of it. So also with that being said. Did you already know how to do these things like lifestyle marketing and street team and what oh, did your <laughs> No. No, like I said, I was going to the rules with no knowledge. Like I see my dad doing being a dad talking to DJ, going to events and stuff like that, but as far as any knowledge, tactics, strategy, how to build a relationship, how to introduce yourself, how to gain the trust and all that, absolutely not. Mm. I came in with negative 100 experience. Mm. Negative 100. <laughs> so, nah, nothing. So, but can, promotion oh. is a hands on job. You learn, yes. you learn being in the field. It's not, it's not really something you can be taught. Like, we can't go to school like you can for publicity. We can't go to school like you can for marketing, even finance. You know, between social content now or, or digital marketing, whatever you want to call it, and promotions. Those are probably the two, and A&R, and those are probably the two most jobs 
you learn on the fly. Absolutely. Listen, we have another thing in common. I at, when I went to Norfolk State University, shout out to uh, Norfolk State. I was a college rep for Def Jam, and I too was a lifestyle rep and that meant to set up meet and greets that meant to make sure that their promo materials was on the table it was so street team it was just like a consistent i felt like a manager at that time because you kind of play that role of everything um when it comes to that so can you give a little bit of background of all the things that you had to do what you had to learn um your trials your errors you know those you know those things um i mean of course learn how to make knife knives and poster boards uh you know passing off flies my dad created something um and you put over your shoes like it was two big body length poster boards. I still got pictures of me in it, like a Jibs one, a Kami one, and a oh, few other ones. Ba- with the backpack type uh no, not, no, this is before the backpack. This is oh. two thousand seven. Oh. The backpack thing they cut maybe twenty eleven, twenty twelve. Okay. So it was just two as hard poster boards that you probably really put on a wall to be honest. He created when you put a, a like a string or rope on up so it goes over your shoulders. You throw that motherfucker on like a flat jacket or a bulletproof vest, or whatever, and it got the artist information on the front of the back, and you walking around that motherfucker with it on. What? So Your daddy made that? that? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Did that? Um, uh, like I said, passing off flies, making table tents for the club. Yep. Uh, um. You know, always trying to find a great location, even put up your post. You know, you stack it down. You know how it is, real style. Yep. So yep. my people, fuck it, ain't my account. I ain't getting the check. Rip, put your shit up. They might come back three hours later, so you got to come back four hours later. Like, like stuff like that. Um, <laughs> you know, in LA, hard part was trying to find people who needed bodies to do stuff. Um, that was the hard part. Like street team wise, or like to move yeah. around. Okay, that's understood. The, yeah, like, like I, I, I do lots of myself, but let's say I, I'm using B two week as an example. You only need body fab. Let's say I need a group of ten people to help me pass out. You know, right here in Fifth Road in L A. When we used to get the shrine, we used to take it over both sides, passing out stuff. Even when L A. Live came into play with the experience, okay. having people move, passing out during that. It's um, it's in L A. Everybody wants to be. The A and R, the CEO, or the artist, no one really wants to work behind, you know, do promotions that they don't understand it. At the end of the day, all that's cool. I ain't knocking A and R. I ain't knocking publicity. I ain't knocking uh, the digital content people, or social media people. However, you want to define because every label uh, defines it different. Right. Understand? With promotions, there is no fucking superstar. Without us talking to people like you, the DJs, there is you're not getting anywhere. Facts. At the end of the day what people want to say and how to even feel about radio. At the end of the day, the DJs are still the pod typers. Yep. You know, um, that's why that crap is not going anywhere. It hasn't gone anywhere even in the age of digital. Big facts. Big no matter facts. how you feel about it, how you think, like, yo, without the DJ ain't shit popping. And that's going to be to the end of time. Big facts. No matter what. So, uh, I mean, so that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you did this for like ten years, um, correct? Well, yeah, you did, did it. it you did project. it more, but um, working with Epic, you did it for um, 
Not yeah, before I was Kenya, because it took 10 years to get my first label job, hence the quota. It takes 10 years to have one great year, because it takes 10 years to become successful. Mm-hmm. That's it was fact in this music business, because there's a lot of hard work and progression and leveling up in your persistent craft of what you do. Everything's not an overnight thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, I, I, I was an independent contractor for labels from 2007 to 2017. I got with Epic in 2017. So I never stopped what I've been doing. It's just more focused. I only have one thing I'm worried about, which is Epic. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And, and it, it expanded my reach into other markets or straight relationships in other markets as well. Right. So I'm still doing the same. I ain't doing a table tennis past my five, so. <laughs> Building a relationship with the DJs, you know, setting up meeting greets, doing a DJ dinner, you know, different stuff like that that involves, um, you know, making the consumer and DJs aware of the artist. Yeah, I still do that to this day. Okay. On top of, uh, like I said, like the table and all that stuff. Like I run a street team therapy now, so they do it for me. Right. Now, if like- you had to, would you? Go back to the guerrilla style marketing and do you know do the hand to hand like you did before? Uh, <laughs> I really don't know. I never liked it. Like I would take so much less money just to pay other people top dollar to do it and do it right, mm. but I have them crazy just because I don't like doing it. Um, but I mean, if the check is right, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because I, I, to me, I liked it because. It helped me as an overall person and with experiences in life because it showed me how to approach people, how not to approach people, how to look at, you know, how to look at different things in different ways and how, like you said, to do the 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 promo materials and do certain things for my podcast because, you know. Everything works hand in hand. And so I, I liked it. I like the guerrilla style. I wish they would bring it back. I don't know where it's where it's going or where it has gone, but it, they definitely need to bring it back. It's a few a few companies that still do it. There's a few companies that still do it. There's a few cities that are still very um, effective in. Yeah. Like in L.A., effective in L.A., we're digital country. I mean, Silicon Valley's in California, which is five hours away from us. Right. All of the Apple is down the third. So, like, all the technology stuff, California, we get it first a lot of time. Gotcha. Like in California now, we don't win. Like growing up, remember how CD players in a car was optional or extra added feature? Yeah. In California, most cars, I want to say since 2018, 19, roughly, is back to being that option. It's a free option. But like my car, I have a 2019 Chrysler 300. Right. They don't have a CD. Wow. And a lot of cars in California, like I said, after 2018, around 2018, 19, it's, it's just they just they should have an aux port and they have the USB ports. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and because because of Bluetooth, there's no need for a CD player in the cars. Yeah, well, so over to even Nevada or Phoenix, a lot of their cars still come with a CD player. Mm. So it just depends on your region, and your time. So it don't be like in Atlanta, it still works well. Dallas and Houston still works well. Uh, Chicago works well. Uh, New York is kind of the same thing as us, but no one really drives there. So it's still <laughs> like certain markets, right. it still works well. Right. <clears throat> now, would no. you, with that being said as well, do you think the CDs is going to be eliminated or have they been eliminated in your they eyes? They have been. 
they have been limited. Unfortunately, you know, CDs was average 10 to 20 bucks, 25 bucks for the deluxe or whatever. And deluxe albums. So let's say CDs or albums anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks, depending on who the order is, artist is, how many tracks, right? 20 bucks, because I think Tyler has the highest subscription rate, uh, yeah. subscription plan is 20 bucks. But you look at uh, Apple, Amazon, uh, Spotify, you know, those are nine ninety nine a month. We can listen to whatever the fuck we want. Good, old. You can go all the way back to, you know, the legends. You can go back to where we grew up, the 90s, from the, you know, Dice Effects and the Foresight, yeah. and, you know, the Slick Rigs, the Pox, the Biggies, the Bone Thugs, et cetera, et cetera. And we can listen to everything new from the Nardo Wicks or the uh, DDGs, Bias. Like, it, it, for one price. Yeah. For one price. Yeah. So I, that's saying like unless you go to Walmart and Target and get the clean version, that's the one thing I don't think artists don't clean version on these DSPs as well, because you know there's still a, a the demographic of parents like I let you listen to rap, they got to be the clean, right? So I don't know why I don't put the more artists don't put the clean on these platforms. It is what it is. That's not my problem. Above my pay grade, but um, I mean yeah, unless you go to Walmart and Target and get the clean. You know, I think Park still says the dirty is, is no point in having it. But again, it's the CD still working in certain markets. So, but overall, yeah, I think eventually going to be phased out. Mm, because I'm a firm believer that, well, I love CDs first and foremost. I do too. Not just for to listen to, it's for to have a tangible item. Because a lot of people I, don't consider that as a tangible item, but I definitely do because. Say you got your favorite artist to sign that CD. Now you're going to go and you're going to post it on Throwback Thursday. I remember where I got this CD from. It's, it's definitely something that's lost. It's an art form that's lost. Like I used to like reading the... Uh, the inserts. The, uh, the inserts. Yes. You know, that was my thing. Like, I want to see this. Who produced it? The thank you shit like that and all yeah. that. Yeah. So it's, it's like, it, it's definitely a, miss, a missing art form. It's something that but at the end of the day, that's for us. Yeah. Every new generation. Remember, it was eight tracks and vinyls for our grandparents. Yeah. Then our parents had tapes and CDs. Then we, we no, tapes and vinyl. I'm sorry. Yeah, tapes and vinyl. Yeah. Then for us, it became the CDs, tapes, and vinyl. Then vinyl phased out. Like, those are limited collector's editions. Correct. Tapes phased out. Limited collector's editions. CDs phased out. So they might press up for a meet and greet or the same thing as part of the package. It's a limited edition. It just it, it really goes into the fact of, um, you know, you have to supply and demand. Yeah. Why are you going to press up stuff and lose money on it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. At the end of the day, you, and, it, and, it, and again, it's free. It, it depends. If you go to TuneCore, you pay, you know, nine bucks for a single, 60 bucks for an album. Your shit's at uh, in all the DSPs. What what people like uh, if you get to deal with if you get distribution with Empire or you go through like CD Baby, Vita, United yeah. Masters, it's an eighty twenty sprint, eighty twenty split. So now you cut off a lot of costs just by keeping it all DSPs. Yeah, instead of pressing out a thousand CDs, even at a dollar each, we get a good deal and do the basic sleeve with the bullshit answer. That's a thousand dollars. Yeah, and you got to do that five six times. Yeah. Yeah, that's only six thousand CDs. That's still nowhere enough. So mm. yeah. it's like gifts and a curse. 
Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, <clears throat> I think it still should play a part in people's, you know, people's day-to-day because at the end of the day, it's still a tangible item. It's still something to look forward to. It's still something to look back at and be like, hey, I got this at an immature concert. Like, stuff you still keep, like concert tickets, or it's j- it, it should fall in the line of that. No, we took over CDs that's always been there. What? Merch. Merch. Merch has always been a staple in getting towards everything. So now it's like I don't have a CD because of whatever reason. Yeah. But now I went to the I went to the show or the tour. Because one thing about this too, we also get a lot of one off shows. Yeah, everything got a tour. Like look what's happening in LA. We getting the Drake and Kanye concert. The merch is gonna be starting a hundred a hundred dollars without question, going up to probably five hundred. But then it's like, like I got this piece of merch from this special event. Or I got the one-off show they did at the Roxy in L.A. or mm-hmm. this. The limited edition Jordans or something or like the, that. Mm-hmm. The place of that tangible CD. Gotcha. So in today's economic avowal of the business. Gotcha. But as, like I said, same year as you, how I grew up, I still love CDs. Yes. And we get them, you know, promo CDs. We still get them just for whatever reason. You know, I take them, you know, uh. You know, recently to select partners, we released a beer tape, you know, that was sent out to radio partners and different stuff like that. It still happens. It's just not an everyday thing no more. But again, with the newer generation, they don't don't care about that. They don't do Cloud, Spotify, Apple Music, you know, something else. Right, right. So it's like, just like they have to cater to us with the CD because we didn't want to take the tapes. You know, because the CD books was more convenient yeah. to have than a deck, especially a vinyl at home. They just, they just, they just have to conform to to what the the major buying power in music is. Yeah, yeah. Because you know who really changed the CD game was Master P when he had the insert oh. where you could unfold it and it turned into like a poster, poster? and all of the motherfucking people on the label was up. Mercedes, you got Mac and um not Mac and Dre, um the twins. Oh my god, I can't think of it. But you you oh, get the drift. I, I know the twins. I know I know exactly Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, that's who it is. Yeah. And you know, uh mystical, silk, like everything was up there and it was just a, a plethora of just albums, mixtapes, singles. It didn't matter whatever what merchandise you can write in. It's like <clears throat> on one CD cover. Like, that's what I miss. Like, you could promote multiple people on one CD cover that, that folds out to a poster. Like, who yeah. does that? Like, that's yeah. that's memorable. Those are things that I would hang on my wall right now, and I'd be like, look, even the write-on magazines, you know, magazines today, too, yeah. you know, they played a, a huge role in in uh, plastering yeah. my wall, you know, stuff like that. So I I get it, but... I think they need to bring that back. If somebody, or a little bit, you know, limited edition or something that just could just bring back this this thing. Because I don't know what we're lacking, but it's something that weird. There's a disconnect that I feel that's going on right now with this thing called entertainment. I don't know what to what how to put it or just, it's just something that we're missing. And I don't know what it is. It's, because it's the phones. Unfortunately, the, our greatest tools are greatest enemies. Um, we lose the in-person touch. Yeah. The personal you know, being, you know, 
where where artists used to learn used to have to learn how to deal with fans face to face every day. Yeah, they can deal with fans on this little device we're talking on now, and don't get and don't have no people interaction skills. Or by the time they learn it, it's too late. They done disrespecting and pissed off a lot of fans in person. Yes, I mean, like I said, our greatest tools in today's business, which is this phone, is also our greatest destroyer, demoralizer, enemy, however you want to put it. And that's just my opinion. Facts. No, with I agree. I agree. And that's just in life period with the eventual technology and advancement of these cell phones and mobile devices, um, we, we have lost a lot of the in-person touch. Like I said, when we go to the clubs, we used to be forced to talk to people. Motherfuckers texting right next to each other. Like, <laughs> nigga, are you really texting that? It's right there. Like, y'all, nigga, what's the t- t- turn around? Even when you crack a female now, it, it's like, it's not, it's not even, let me get your numbers, like, let me get your IG for these young people. Let me, what's your Snapchat? Like, when Snapchat first came out, the, man. Yeah, what's your Snapchat? What's your Twitter? What's your IG? Like, niggas, that, that's how they talk. They've been having full-blown relationship conversations via these social media platforms over there. They number, I done met a few young people, you know, that say, like, I don't got my girl's number. We always just communicate through with this, that, and the third. I'd be like, you know, <laughs> what? you know what? Do you? Do you? They don't even write on on paper no more. They they putting it in oh, their phone and it's notes. And I'm like, listen, yeah. if, if one thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna write some shit down. Like you're not. <clears throat> it's okay to do. Excuse me. To use the electronics, but don't forget about the basics. Don't forget where you came from. You know what I mean? Because you might have to go back. You might have to go come. back to it. <laughs> they didn't come. So that's true. You're absolutely like, the man. Technology error. We have to deal with AOL. They got Spectrum and all these fast internets. We have to download. Like that's. <laughs> By the time these kids came around, everything was set for them. Big fact. This to that and the third, like yo, that that's them. Big facts. <laughs> <Right>. So, <laughs> you also in your career, you managed Cali Swag District. Um, so within that time frame, you were also at Epic, or was this prior to Epic? So this is before Epic. Okay. Um, Epic was fine. It was just me still doing. Um, because even during that time, I never stopped doing my independent promotion. Right, okay. Um, if anything, I found a business partner named Eric Kirkland, who's T.K. Kirkland's son, the comedian. Okay, yep, yep, yep. And when I was on the road with Kelly Swag, he had a lot of stuff in L.A. for us. Yeah. Um, but I never stopped it because it was a source of income. I'm going to cut my check short just because I'm gone. No, I just added people to my team and figured it out. And he's the one that really stood out. And, and we even to this day, I consider him a good brother and business partner. Um. But uh, but yeah, that but no, I never stopped doing that time though. Okay. I was just going all. The- okay, so um, with that being said, from 2017 up until currently, you're with Epic, and then when did you start Marshall Productions? Within that time frame of of no, um, Marshall Productions was the company I had before I got to Epic. I started in that 2007 when I started gotcha. in the business. Or whatever they call it, in 2000 and um, at 17, once I got the job at Epic due to um, you know 
restrictions and, you know, conflict of interest. I don't want to lose my job. I just got it. Right. So I have to stop doing or yeah, I have to stop doing independent work and I'll focus on epic. Gotcha. So when did um the core DJs become a part of your life? When did they? Oh, man. Um, so uh, it's a funny story. I found out later in years, the first core DJ retreat I went to, I want to say it was in 2008 or 2009. Um, and actually my good friend who I saw in there earlier than Kevin Burnett helped me pay my way because um, I was still coming up. I was still earning my money. Now, which which um, retreat was that? It's, it was in Atlanta, and I want to say maybe two thousand nine was in Atlanta because it was the first time I went to Magic City, so it was definitely two thousand nine, okay. Atlanta. Okay, I'm trying to figure and, out um, when I joined. I think I was in Myrtle, think, Myrtle Beach. And um, and come to find out, talking to Tony years later, uh, my dad was one of the people who helped me start the whole um, when it was still at the conference when it was the retreat when he was I want to say at Warner Records. And, um, you know, help them give them, you know, funding to start the retreat. So that's, that's, so that's my first experience. And I probably became core in maybe 2016 when it was in LA. When the BT weekend? Yeah. When they, when we had the they, pool party? The pool party was at my dad's house, but it was that weekend. What? It was that when we did a club because I left town with Cali Swag, but um, I left town with Young from Cali Swag. But uh, we did a party at uh, I forgot the name of the spot in Santa Monica. Uh, it was me and a few other people got made part of the core. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mike Smooth from LA was one of them, and it was a few other more people I can't remember right now, but. Um, that's when I, you know, officially understood. Mm-hmm. Lack of the word came um, became part of the core. Okay. Unofficially, according to Tony's niggas, since the day I was born. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, because of my dad. But that's definitely, you know, um, a, a group of DJs, a family that I respect a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially like I said, with T. Neal opened the door for me. And the fucked up part about it is the cra- not the fuck the crazy part about it is I was I don't know how he found out. I don't know what happened. And um, it was the second I think it was the core DJs went in New Orleans. I didn't go to that 2000. one, but yeah. Shout out to Tony Neal. He just came in here. He just spoke <laughs> him up. He just, oh, how he found out because my dad wasn't there, but somehow, somewhere he found out was my father and we was in New Orleans we was at a club uh, and somebody told him then he grabbed me he was like yo Troy's your father I was like yeah no like, I didn't know that history so I'm like I don't know if it's a good thing or bad thing Tony was like nigga you family that was <laughs> that's all he said walked back to the front of the club held the event and just been <laughs> Like crazy, because and I was coming to the trees just trying to support and build. But once he found that out, it was just <laughs> like lights out right. when it came in. Yeah, like anytime I call, he pick up. Anytime I need something, then he pick up. Then, like I said, like in 2016, I want to say that's when he made it official, and um, and did it. Shout out to Tony. I became. 
because they we actually just had a, a retreat in Raleigh. He did the award show. Yeah. So shout out to him. And then I also I went to the one in Atlanta pre the previous one. Um, but yeah, did you? In June, yeah, I was there, yeah. Yeah, you were there. Yeah. Did you see me? Did we speak? Probably. I mean, look, it's Atlanta. Listen, I, I was probably. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Because these retreats hit different. They don't listen. If y'all ain't never been to a core DJ retreat, um, y'all missing out because listen, it's first of all, it's just people everywhere that's ready to do business and ready to put in work and ready to just, you know, listen, it's it's like going into a casino in the nighttime and coming out and, and thinking, you know. In the morning time, it's just like, it's different. Because when you go to these retreats, it's real fast paced, especially being a core model. Like we had, we had to do, you know, everything, literally go to all the events. If he, if you didn't go to these panels, Tony is locking your ass out these motherfucking rooms. And I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Think about it. He started out in the first time we did it in Vegas. It's two things. He, this would happen if I remember correctly. If he's still on it, he could correct. <laughs> so somebody else did an event that was a non-core event, and people went, and they didn't come to the core sanctioned event. Ever since then, yo, you don't come to this shit. I'm logging out your fucking room, and the only way to get your shit back is to get your shit out, and you got to find some else to say. That shit started in Vegas. The first time we did one in Vegas in uh 2000 and. I think it was 2009, after New Orleans, okay. in the fall of 2009, because New Orleans was in the summer. <laughs> That's when he started. I don't know where was that. I, I, I get on the mic and say, no, it was before the showcase at the farm. And he got on the mic, and so everybody, everybody's face was like. <laughs> everybody trying to check their keys and <laughs> shit. Everybody like, yeah, God right. damn, Rick. Tony. <laughs> like, he was a client for us. Like, woo. He no fucks. He was like, "Listen, y'all gonna come to these motherfucking places? I didn't, I didn't get these rooms at a discounted rate for y'all motherfuckers to go here, that, and the third. And then at one point, we had um, transportation, these you know buses to go to the events and stuff like that. Man, Tony used to tear them up, boy. I'd be weak every time. I we'd be like, "That's just Tony." And I told him I'm going to get him a T-shirt that said, that's just Tony. Because that's all you got to say. That's all you can say. Either he's going to cry either he's gonna, or lock out the rooms or he's going to get on the mic and start cussing y'all out or cussing us out. One of the three. One of the three is going to happen, if not all of them. Um, it's the whole weekend. So you, you, you're going to get all sides of Tony. So you, <laughs> it's, real, it's real dope, though. I appreciate him because he also um, put me in the game after he noticed that I was hustling, because matter of fact, the Ozone Awards, we met at the Ozone Awards. This was Ooh. weird. Like, <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> My girl did like say with the Ozone rapper. Like, yo, Ozone was the shit. But when they made Ozone West specifically for West Coast, like, that was the shit for us coming up in the business. I, I like, and D Ray was like the, the rep out here, and the main photographer. And that's like my big sis to this day. Like Ozone and Ozone West, that was definitely a moment. That was a moment for for, for the community. I, I, good, bad, how it ended, 
good or bad how people feel about Julie or whatever the name is, all that. Just that push they had, the <laughs> wars, the big fight, like that that was definitely a moment for 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 for, for hip hop. Yeah. The culture it, it, man, we we missed that. Well, I know I missed that because and also it was during the time when TJ's DJs was also doing his conferences and things like that. I think I think they they 2009 or 2008 was the year they the last year of the Ozone Awards cuz I think that's the that's the year when Mike Jones <laughs> uh had gotten to that fight. With the big, yeah. yeah, that was yeah. that was I was we were there. I can't. I, now that I sit back and think of it, we were there. We sat right there and watched everything happen. Rick Ross, the whole that shit was crazy. But anyways, yeah, we could, <laughs> I I could go around and talk about that right. all the way, but that's neither here nor there. So um, so you already talked about uh, Marshall Productions. So what can you give a little bit of insight of? Marshall Productions is is it um uh Jesus I can't get it together. What does it entail? What do you do you and you don't do that anymore, correct? It's strictly epic. I, mean, no, I, I, don't, I don't do it. It's strictly epic. But if I were to say what it what Marshall Productions, Marshall Productions is me. It's just it's my promotion marketing company. You know, you come to me. Um, you know, it is what it is. I offer you. I offer services. You know, and I fulfill my 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 end of the full bargain what I was paid for. Right. Um. You know, it was just a name attached because you had to have a business. Gotcha. Gotcha. That the way these labels work, they're not trying to pay individuals. You got to have your business in order because, like, yo, business is business. Mm-hmm. One business pays another business. That's how economics works. Exactly. Only difference is instead of using my social security number, I use a tax ID number. That's it. And a different name, and you know that's that's what it, it was just a business name. I had to create to get paid. That's how I look at it. But if you want to talk about what it was, it was just me, just you. And, and um, what I- <clears throat> how important is it to have someone like yourself um, to be a part of their team? Um, that's a twofold answer. One, because I always say, especially in, in markets like LA, Atlanta, New York you know, were like hot spots of music. Mm-hmm. There's levels to the shit. There's the fakes, there's the in-between, and then there's the real people. Okay. So that, that question is having the right person that knows what they're doing and has relationships to get it done is invaluable. Because at the end of the day, our artists don't, the artist is an artist. Unless they take the time out and learn how to be a CEO, and learn all aspects of the business, just now recording and engineering and picking a beat, learn how you get paid, when you get paid, why you get paid, how much this pay, how can you do this, how you can create a band, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you got to have the right person on your team because you can't put your homies say you. And this is a lot of things happening. Mm. I get it. And sometimes it works. Most of the time it don't. You put your homie as a manager. Now, what call can he make for you? Hey yo, my homeboy, he rap. He got this hard ass single right here, man. I, I need y'all to put this on the radio station right now. <laughs> and any radio person gonna look at him like, hell, even a club DJ, DJ in an event, gonna look at him like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> First of all, that's not even how you just approach somebody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How about that? Uh, damn, what is it? Now I'm being you. 
the etiquette and whatever the fuck it's called etiquette of how to approach, etiquette of how to pro- approach somebody. Yeah. How about that first? Properly. Yeah. And I ain't I got the hottest shit because everybody got the hottest shit. Yeah. I ain't gonna say the next dad called about some local nigga in LA a couple of days ago. Come I'm the hottest nigga in LA. My dad called me. I was like, Pop, he alright. He buzzing, but he ain't the hottest nigga in LA. <laughs> he got a couple of hard ass freestyles he did on, on his LA base. Uh, I can't think of right now, but I always watch his, his LA based Instagram account. Um Dope, some couple of dope ass hard freestyles. Not gonna lie, got some cool music out there. But nigga, just cause you X, Y, and Z, don't make it the hottest nigga in the city. Facts, facts. And I tell my pops like he ain't the hottest. <laughs> he's doing something. He's making some noise. I know of him. That nigga ain't the hottest. Mm. So that's worth thing. I don't ever think you're the hottest because at the end of the day, it's a million y'all motherfuckers think y'all the hottest. Big fact. And ninety of the time, y'all ain't shit. No disrespect. Hot is what it is. I love it. I love it. Because at the end of the day, people not gonna say you hot. The people gonna say you're hot. Your streams, your 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 sell out shows are gonna make you hot. Like the people gonna dictate who is hot because it been a lot of times as exec, and I'm sure as a DJ, mm-hmm. you like, oh, this about the hardest fuck is dope. The biggest X factor is the consumer. Big facts. Gets no reaction from them. It doesn't gravitate. You be like, damn, I thought they had one. Then a review, like, man, this shit is trash. Everybody fucking loves. Yeah, because it's a lot of B B songs that that were thought of to be something not good, but ended up being either legendary, a hit, or you know something within that rim of adjectives. So it's definitely <laughs> shit like the that. Unknown factor in music is the consumer. We could predict, we could judge, we have all the knowledge we want. At the end of the day, they're the biggest X factor, no matter what all the stats and data you have. Yes, there is a formula to make success. That's without a question. But again, the biggest unknown asset is the human consumer. And people got to understand we're not a human consumer no more. We are the gatekeepers. Mm, okay. okay, we. Music to listen to so much music. The consumer is somebody has nothing to do with the business of, of the music business. They're not in the industry. They're not trying to be in the industry. They regular nine to five, working their jobs, turn on their DSTs and radio and listen to music to sing and turn up in their car, clean their music, get ratchet, you know, make bass, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. They're the biggest X factors in this business. And even though we have all the data in the world and we have a formula that works, it still boils down if they're going to accept it. Right. And your work all, ethic has to match with that, too. Your work ethic definitely has to match. But the best thing people in promotions, really any promotion, publicity to DJs, to, mm-hmm. to, 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 to the social content people, our job is to put the music in front of people as much as we can. If they don't gravitate, they don't gravitate to it. Nothing we can do about it. Everybody get in that A&R mode. Everybody thinks they know this, know that. And, and at the end of the day, we do have a good sense. But I'm still a firm believer. Like, look, play for the consumer. Because at the end of the day, you're jaded. I tell Gigi that all the time. Like, play. If the people don't talk back to you, then have your argument. But just don't try to shoot it down. Before. And, <clears throat> like, people out here are funny. Yeah. A great example, Urban Radio. 
no one thought Heartbreak Anniversary would do what it did from Give Yon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a ballad. We do know ballads really don't work on urban radio. Yeah. Was the number one record on urban radio, and I think Riffing. Really? A straight ballad. But, like, yo, you can't deny the Shazam numbers. You can't deny the streams. We was average, I think, two, three million streams a fucking week for months. Damn. Damn. Like, you you can't knock on people talking back to you. Shazam. Five in LA. Top five in New York. Top five in Chicago, Atlanta, Miami. You know, the, the, the DCs. The ballad. So that's that's one thing. I, that's I mean, that's just how I feel. They the biggest X factors, you know. And just sometimes you got to play the record. Right now, tell us a little bit about um, what you're currently working on, because I know you um, <clears throat> you still are with Epic and your Urban Promotions Lifestyle, and you do National Mix Show. Can you elaborate on what National Mix Show is, and I guess the 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 what do you want to call it? The 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 information behind it, so to speak? I mean, national mixer just means on a national level across all state lines, 50 states, whatever, because radio, urban radio is not in 50 states. Okay. I deal with DJs like yourself on, on certain stations um, who have mixed shows. That's when the DJs uh, DJing live on air for people who's not clear about it. That's when you hear, you know, the silence like you're doing or the DJ talking after the host. So they're going back and forth. Yeah. I deal with DJs like that to gain what's considered, because it's mix shows stands in the rotation spans. Rotations are from programming, mix shows from the DJs. Gotcha. And gotcha. usually, both mix show spins are not a part of programming, so we get in 10 from programming. I could probably pull an extra five out of the mix show DJs as a team during the week, you know, give me 50 spins for the week for that station. Right, okay. So, my, whoever I have the best relationships with is to call them, no matter what, even though I'm in LA. I call people in New York, Chicago, the Midwest, the South, Southeast, Southwest, up and down the West Coast to try to get them to commit a certain amount of extra spins, you know. Um, so that's basically the National Mix Show was. And what was the second part of the question? I'm sorry. Um, It was, what was it? Oh, my God. I lost train. Oh, the what was the, what are you currently working on with Epic? <clears throat> oh, uh, currently I'm working on um, Giving Out for Tonight. That's on Urban Mainstream and R&B. Um, DJ Khaled, Body in Motion, um, Loner, Read My Mind, uh, Rick Ross, uh, Outlaws with uh, Jasmine that Sullivan. That shit right there hit different. Listen, I play uh, that on repeat faithfully. Outlaws, man, I said that shit speaking all the way to me. <laughs> but that shit dope. Um, we just impacted today and tomorrow. We're impacting the French Montana handstand with Doja Cat and uh, Sweetie. You know, his album just dropped Friday. Okay. Ross album comes out, I believe, 1210. Um, okay. And, um, yeah, that's that's all we're working right now. Um, as far as playing the epic quest in the top of the year, we're planning to come strong from our big acts. Uh, you know, future's supposed to be dropping top of the year. Okay. You know, once once this BS goes rolls over with Travis, because uh, that's all this is fucking bullshit. And people try to do a money grab. Yeah, that's you know, shit coming to. You know, um, so uh, so yeah, that's what we are working on. You know, we definitely expect, expecting a big quarter from us at Epic. 
with our marquee artists and our top tier artists on the label. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, final question. Well, not, not the final question, but um, in this topic, can you leave um, something to this thing called entertainment? Like, can you leave us with some, um, I guess, influence or something that you would tell either your younger self or something that you would tell those that are in the same position that you were once in or currently in, if that makes sense. I just tell my younger self, especially for people who know me when I first started, shut the fuck up. <laughs> just shut the fuck up sometimes. You know, coming in from the streets to this, um, I did a lot of dumb stuff. Mm-hmm. Talked to some people kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. It was just my mentality. I was thinking... I didn't expect for it to be. I didn't expect to be in it that long. I'm just trying to stay out of jail. Right. At first, I really give a fuck about a lot of shit. Right. Uh, so looking back, it's definitely. I do it now. I got a lot of more self control, but definitely got to tell my younger self something. Shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. Sometimes, plain and simple. Something I would tell somebody else: you don't know shit. Mm. You. Don't. There's people in this business who don't know shit. So you definitely don't know shit trying to look at look I am. You're not on my level. You're not on our level. You're not at the level where you know enough. So stop acting like this. Stop trying to have an ego and learn. Because the things a lot of people get fucked up is, it's not that we're not willing to teach. We just don't want to deal with the bullshit. Because for us, it took a lot of falling on our asses, bumps and bruises to get where we are. I don't got time for your bullshit. I look at my own bullshit. Oh, we went through our own bullshit. Facts. Facts. I don't got some bullshit. And you don't know enough to even compete with me. And I'm not, there's a difference trying to have a conversation and asking questions, I get information, to trying to compete and say, nah, that's not how it works. How the fuck you know how it works? Facts. You, you're, you're trying to accomplish what I'm doing, which is make a living off of music. So how do you think that don't work the way I'm telling you and which your way works? And I, I've, I've taken care of my. I got two kids now. Mm-hmm. I've really taken care of my kids, all my personal expenses, my whole life, the past 14 years off the of music solely. Mm. Of course, everybody got their little side hustles, like, but I have not, since then, since 2007, I have not had a nine to five. Dang. I have had different business ventures. I don't have different investments, you know, uh, and stuff like that. I have had not a W2 fucking paycheck Up from 2007 to 2017. All my shit was ten ninety nine. No matter how I made my money, one it was legal, and two it was ten ninety nine. Talk that you know shit. I've been paid as an independent contractor, and I got to pay taxes. I don't get a tax return. I'll be happy if I look at fuck my break even a thousand dollars, and that's considered even a thousand two thousand dollars when you're a, a solely independent contractor. It's a two thousand dollars. You broke even on your taxes. Well, understand that we're not in the same tax bracket. Mm-hmm. We don't do the same tax when it comes to this music shit for you to tell me what works and what don't work. So get that shit out your head. Right. Again, you want you want the the, the baby to feed your family off music. You want the plaques from music. You want the lifestyle from music. I have all that. I used to have a saying that I learned from my dude Cherry in Boston is my life versus your vacation. Mm-hmm. The stuff people have to pay a amount of dollars to enjoy once a year or once in a lifetime 
they get to enjoy that shit damn near every fucking day. You was in Myrtle Beach for a while. Like, Myrtle Beach is a fucking, especially younger, spring break capital still. People still visit to this day as an older age as a kickback. With Cali Slack, I literally traveled the fucking world from Japan to China, Dubai, all over Europe, Haiti, uh, Australia, New Guinea, the Philippines, you know, uh, Canada. And because and I'm in promotions, nigga, half my job is paid to fucking party. That's half my fucking job. Take an artist to the club, get some free bottles, get some free weed. Like, that's half of my fucking job. Damn, talk that shit. Talk that shit. Like, but still, you're, you, you're still paying for those bottles. You're still uh, uh, paying for those drinks. You're still paying cover, waiting in line and paying cover. I walk up to the line. I was up to the line. They know you by first name, my guy. <laughs> yo, some people don't know my name. They just know, like, yo, because I'm with, I know the right people, and they disappear. They be like, yo, whenever you see him, they in the fucking, like, yeah. I don't give a fuck I'm keep quit. I don't give a fuck with you whoop. Don't give them no issues. So just don't don't try to talk to people like me about the business because you want to lose. Mm. Mm. So that, and those are my that two on things that. right there. <laughs> That on that. So we're going to move on to uh, another topic, which is five, top five, which is five questions and five answers catered to you, answer to the best of your ability. Um, if you don't have five, that's fine. We could just move forward and just let me know. If you don't want to answer it, that's that's fine as well. We can move forward. Okay. Um, but yeah, here we go. Top five promo runs you've done. Dolph. I have so much fun with Dolph, and it's crazy to bring him up at this time. Uh, Dolph became a friend to me. The people who know, as like, I'm not the one to boast who my friends are, who I'm close to, and all that through music, especially with the artists. But Dolph really became a friend. I had so much fun with him. Um, of course, Cali Swag. You know, again, saw the world with them kids. You know, even though the two that's still alive, I talk to them every day, somehow, some way still. I still talk to uh, Big Y and Wackle and Polly Rob, who's part of the, the overall label through one of our music group who brought them together and brought me in. Um, always have fun working with Common. Mm. Always have fun working with Common. Um, uh,. Another group a lot of people not remember I have fun with, and it was a little bros too, was Audio Push. They they was a they came during a jerk movement. They from the IE of LA. Okay. And um We got one more. <clears throat> one more, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. Who always have fun with when I see, man. Uh oh, no, I can't. You ain't got one. From the bay, my nigga Pilo. <laughs> it's always the first time I link up with Pilo. Boy, oh boy, the yay throwing through. Pilo. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Top five hardest decisions you've had to make when it came to um like your your position with uh marketing the different strategies the different just those type of aspects of the question i don't have five that's fine 
but I would say my hardest decision is not to be a nigga. <laughs> um, and I say that because people try to test you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I always try to tell people like, I'm not an industry cat. You know, gratefully, people don't realize my dad grew up in Watts, and I grew up on the east side of L.A. And sometimes these people in this business try to test you, and sometimes they bring the nigga out of you. Of course. So if I really truly have to say anything, it's not to be a nigga. That's that's my hardest decision sometimes, and my challenge thing. Of course, when we like to say, learn how to shut the fuck up sometimes. Right, okay. To my younger self. Okay. Now I'm not to shut the fuck up. Now it's more so that I only want to just snap on this dude, or I just be like, fuck it. Right. You know, other than that, I don't consider any other decision a hard one because it's part of the learning process. Like, people always tell me, why did you go with Epic and you could make more money independent because I don't have a ceiling. I can work as many records as I want independently. I'm like, that's true. But to evolve, I have to get with a label to use that brand and that power that's built over decades and decades of artists to further my career and strengthen some relationships and make new ones and get into new doors. And have some type of structure, too. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I can't really sit here and say if anything outside of that is really a hard decision. Gotcha. You know, I really can't think of nothing outside of that, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Not a problem. Top five marketing strategies you could give us. Throw your shit in front of people as much as you can. In any form, way, or fashion, that's rule number one. One, 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 one. At the end of the day, the brand is the biggest computer chip. It's the same as why you see the same commercial every time. You see the same billboards. You see everything. You could be programmed to like something. Don't take it out. Any, especially for a man. You watch enough of a show with a lady, you're going to start loving that show and find something to like about it. But that goes either way as a human. If you hear enough, like, and think about all the songs yourself ate it. Because you have to either play it so much or hurt it so much, you eventually like something about it. Thanks. Um, you know, have the correct people. It goes back to Jackson before having the correct people doing the correct job. Yeah. If a motherfucker never built a brand, don't have him as a brand ambassador. If a nigga never did promotions, don't have him try working your records. If a motherfucker is good at this, being a publicist or doing this, have him do that. Don't that, and know how to check the people that try to overstep your boundaries. Yeah. Everybody got a position with a team and a strategy and a plan. Yeah. You go to a Fortune 500 company, this department, this, when they have a big meeting, they got the department head, just like in the record label, but any company, because these record labels are Fortune 500 companies too, yeah. they got the label heads of every department. They get their assignments, they get what their goal is, which will group, then they dedicate it to the people under them inside the department. I ain't fucking thing as a team. Niggas gonna be a manager, nigga, they gonna be a manager. They're gonna be a cameraman, then they gonna be a cameraman. That nigga's supposed to do this, but that nigga do that. And keep everybody in that fucking line. Um, so what was that two? That was two. Mm-hmm. Um understand your marketplace. Okay. First home and then outside of that. Understand, like again, what works in Atlanta's not gonna work in LA. What works in LA is not gonna work in a bank. Right. What works in the Bay is not going to work in Chicago. 
Like, understand, one, your home market, how to take that over, and then understand how to spread it and make it stick in other markets, but you got to take care of home. So that's three, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in layman's terms, understand also there's more than one way to skin a cat, meaning, and I saw my boy uh, Rick Aaron say this, Wall Store is not the end-all, be-all. People think you get on Wall Store, you pop. No, far from the truth. Okay. Wall Store is a great platform, but it's not the only key or the only way to success. That shit just go fucking nuts on there. So there's more one way to skin a cat. There's more. People don't use a simple asset of $100 on the Facebook and, uh, and Instagram ads on here to promote their stuff. Facts. Facts. A hundred dollars go far away. Just a honey, not a thousand. A honey, get your far away with these Facebook. You know, with just Facebook and Instagram is the same. You can do the same thing for Twitter. You can do the same thing for Google Ads, and YouTube ad- advertisement, and there's one more out there um, that you can use. But a hundred dollars gets you so far. And once you learn how to uh, correctly target stuff, mm-hmm. it's so so impactful and so much. And that's four, so five. Um, be be an open book, yeah. meaning yeah. meaning. I think I said earlier, or I think I just said, uh, uh, you don't know shit. Let somebody write your your diary for you, write your passage for you, write your path for you. That know the knowledge. Yeah. You can't come in closed minded like this. Like I have, I have. I have a close friend of mine that's a producer. His homeboy gonna tell him I'll put it on YouTube, and it's gonna blow up. I told him like, "Good luck with that, my nigga." I'm telling you right now, that ain't gonna go nowhere. Cause I put up his YouTube. He had fucking five subscribers. And then two weeks later, I was like, "Has he even did no Google Ads or anything for the video?" Oh no, exactly my point. But when he, when he when my boy tried to get him to sit down with me just so I could talk to him and give him some game, he's like, "Oh no, nah, I know what I'm doing." And this is like probably spring. He probably still ain't got over 100 people on his shit or 100 dudes on his shit. So it is what it is. So be humble. Be an open book. Allow somebody with the with the game and the information to mold you and inform you. Facts. So yeah, I'll start right there. Especially if they have experience. Especially if they, you know, they rose to the top or rose with you know what they have in line even if it's not even if all of it doesn't work for you some of it should be able you should be able to find something out of it to work specifically for you and make it your own shit to work for you you know 100 percent. well i tell you this this way you can take that and figure it out Mm mm-hmm the successful people, that's what they do. They take the game, make it fit them, and go out and be successful and teach the net. And make the necessary you know? cha- make uh, make the necessary changes when it's time to make those changes. You know what I mean? So, so like people, like you do, if you look at the list, and I'm thinking just currently, you look like you can look at your hoes, you can look at your ditties, you can look at your Nipsey's, your Dolphs, your uh, your Rick Rosses, uh, you know your Yo Gotti. Um, you, you can look at artists. Timberland, he has success. Pharrell has success. Um, you look at these artists, producers have all this success with different 
artists they didn't groomed and brought up and created something around them. They took the game that was given to them, passed it on, made it fit them, and created a whole different mogul. Yeah. 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 Like at the end of the day, these, these, these people I've named have produced artists who have had gold and platinum records and singles and albums. Yeah. Let alone with Dr. Dre's another one. Yeah. Let alone what they did for themselves. You know, yeah. So even fifty on the G Unit run, like nigga, two thousand, uh, uh, that that, that two thousand and five, six to about two thousand nine. Get the whole G Unit run. You couldn't say shit about them. Everybody had a G Unit Reebok, G Unit of uh, <laughs> why we beat it? put best like they did. Say the that, spinning, like, the spinning that, uh, necklace. Necklace is like yo, nigga. When they had it, they had it. Big facts. Big facts. During that time, he made banks. Yeah, yo, even the game. Fuck. He made four platinum, multi-platinum artists. All in while working on himself as well. As well. Mm. Damn. Listen, you didn't dropped a lot of lot of good jewels on here today. Um, but we have one final thing, which which is the um, question of the day, and then we can give your shout out, social media, last words, and if you have any exclusive access, exclusive access, we would love to hear it. Anything that you you haven't released to the public yet, anything of that nature. But um, if you don't have any of that, we can push forward to the shout out, social media, and last words, and then the final question. Uh, I got nothing to some access. Only thing, uh, like I said earlier, I basically started telling people was my story of business. Because people thought because of my father, I got into the business because of my father. We like no, like I didn't get into the music. I got into it. I want to stay the fuck out of jail. I be there for my daughter and be a, a, a father, not a father behind the walls, but a father present in my kid's life. Um, and at the time, it's just my daughter. Now I got you know she's a senior in high school, mm. going to graduate, and my son's eleven years old. You know, so that that was my original, just trying to stay like a fucking free man and provide, and not be a deadbeat dad, not be a father. I mean, a, a absent father and stuff like that. Right. Um, but that's like I said, I just started sharing recently. But if anything, that would have been only exclusive access. Because other than that, I always put all my cards on the table, good or bad. Mm, and shout out to you. Shout out to you. So go ahead and give your shout out social media and any final words that you would like to leave our friends because once we do an interview together, we're automatically friends. <laughs> uh oh. Did you hear me? Hello? I think somebody tried to call you. Uh oh. Oh no. happen we lost him hopefully he'll come back here shortly but make sure you guys follow me miss hollywood <clears throat> excuse me m-i-s-s hollywood 313 also follow the podcast so hollywood the podcast um i have a couple of other special guests coming um within the next couple of weeks we're gonna get him back up here and why does this always happen when we're a good hour end my instagram goes down or not my instagram but um 
something always happens, but it's all good. We're going to get him back in here. If we can't get him back in here, that's fine as well, because we were definitely coming to a close. Um, like I said before, follow the page. So Hollywood, the podcast, make sure you guys follow me on YouTube because my, I will be uploading these episodes all a hundred. I think it's 108 episodes. Yes, for sure. 108 episodes of so Hollywood, the podcast. Thank you guys for, um, just being here, support, um, and just everything in general and follow. I keep saying, I'm going to say his name wrong and I cannot. <sighs> Sylvan Marshall is his name. He probably lost his. Oh, there he goes. He's coming. Yeah. the Instagram needs to fix these glitches. That's why I went over to YouTube at one point, but it's all good. He's coming back up. Oh, there we go. Yeah, my bad. My uh, the boss lady called me. I had to run off. Oh, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, I apologize about that. Getting off, you know, abruptly. Um, no, I didn't mean no disrespect. Oh but no, you're fine. I'm still on the clock. It's all it's I'm all good because we working. we about to close it out anyway. It's all good because I love this is this is the reason why I love my podcast because anything can happen and so you know I take it for what it is. You're human. You, you know what I mean? So it is what it is. So last but not least is the question of the day. Um, what bothers you about the industry and what do you feel your solution would be to help fixing it? I don't know. I don't, I, I can't think of a solution because people are hard headed and the hard heads make itself fast. But my problem in the industry is everybody thinks they know everything and don't stay in their life. Same thing. I just said multiple times in this conversation. Uh, I don't try to do publicity. I don't try to do digital content. I do promotions. My specialty is DJs. Now, if you need it, I know people who do it, and I'll be free to them. That's their expertise. And I take their knowledge, you know, I make it my own when I try to explain it to people. I ain't trying to do none of that shit. So I know people, have I met people in blogs and websites that probably will post shit for me or have posted shit in the past? Yes, because I built my relationship with them. But my, my publicist, no. So it's truly just, I just hate this sense of entitlement. I hate this sense of this sense of I know everything. I could do everything. No, you, no one could do everything by themselves. If anybody could do something by themselves, you will need a team. You will need a label. Period. Just period. So it, it, that's my one biggest thing. But again, I don't know how to fix because people have egos, people have pride, and people don't know how to be humble. And understand you don't know shit, but how to, and some people don't do that right. How to record music? Facts. You don't. You don't understand the proper of signing. How important having the right person again, not your homeboy that went to class. That I can't even say with the class at Full Sail. They make some dope ass engineers mm -hmm. or all the music school who learned on YouTube or just learned to help you out. Makes it massive shit, and it shit sounds horrible. Facts. Just, just the importance of a of a good mix. Fuck the mask, just a good mix. Because the mask ain't gonna be shit without a good mix. Facts. All mastering is is really leveling your your levels across all audio platforms. So it sounds the same. Other than that, it's mm, all about it's the son mix. Sonically appealing, so to speak. Sonically correct. Mm. My best mm. friend who's still artist, he had an album called And he taught me the he taught me the value. His name is Bang Loose or Bang Jackson. He works at BPM Supreme now. The greatest thing he told me besides how to build relationships as well 
is understanding how important being sonically correct is when it comes to making music and putting it out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because if you, it's it's the top people that are definitely important in this thing called entertainment is the DJ and the engineer because the engineer has all the ability to make you sound the way you need to sound, and the DJ is the one that's spinning it. So you don't and, and even the engineer that knows you. That's why people have the engineer. Uh, uh, Drake has forty. Uh, 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 Hove has Guru. Because they could tweak shit. Like, you could leave the music weak, them, they'll tweak it. And when the artist comes back, they'd be like, that's why you're my nigga. Yeah. Because you understand and how to make my record better. People don't understand. Most of the time, when you get that beat drop, or they take out the bass line, or they take out the hi-hats and a beat, and all that, that'd be the engineer slash producer. Because most engineers are producers. Big facts. But once an artist has that engineer that travels with them everywhere, that knows them, that been working with them for years, help create the sound, they know how to take a great music and make it fucking amazing. Mike Dean with Travis Scott. Uh, like, the list can just go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because my husband, he says the same thing. He's just like, man, it's just, he, he doesn't get a lot of his credit, and he definitely deserves that, but he feels the same way. Like, the engineer works really hard to, to do what they need to do in order to, you know, that's just one aspect of it. But, but yeah, shout out to all fact, the DJs. Shout out to all the engineers. Hold <laughs> on, oh, no, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. The greatest thing that, that shows appreciation of an engineer, you know, there's a clip of Tupac saying in the studio, drop the beat, throw the motherfucker in the booth, write the hook, okay, that's the hook, you go in the booth, that's what you do to that, blah, blah, blah. Or we all get the fuck out of here. And the people who like standing all night, catching the beat drum, catching the step, catching the tempo, let them fix all that shit. Let's just get the fucking record done. That is the greatest clip you could have of an artist, engineer, slash producer relationship. Because mm. that's what the fucking engineer, slash producer does. The producer, really, and I say engineer, slash producer, because they are one and the same. Yeah. And, and at the same time, they're separate. Yeah. They can be same, they can be separate. Yeah. Uh, but a producer is not somebody who just gives the beat. Right. No, a producer is somebody who makes the song entirely. Don't say it like this, say it like that. If he's an engineer, tells the engineer, take this out, put this stuff up, switch it back, right? Shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why producer credits are very important as well because, you know, they, they play yeah. that that you know they play that ghostwriter so to speak i don't want to say ghostwriter but they play hey you should do this or you should add this here you know they they play that role as well as being a producer and an engineer so y'all need to give respect to these engineers and the producers out here especially the djs as well but man i could go on and on and on about that because he tells me every day it's just it's always something new because nowadays they just want to make the song they don't really care if it's mixed or mastered they just want to make it put it out see how it sound and then you know that's it they go back Sounds to horrible. yeah <laughs> don't go nowhere for sure but go they ahead know, oh go ahead for they like this shit is trash because i can't even listen to it facts big old facts <laughs> but go ahead with your shout outs your last words and your social media so we can get up out of here because i know you're still um, on the clock Last word, you know, carpe diem, seize the day. Every day's a new day. 
You know, nothing's promised tomorrow. I lost my mom when I was 15 of cancer. Lost a lot of friends. He recently IE'd off. Um, see you today. Tomorrow's never promised. Live in the moment. Plan for the future. Forget the past. Uh, social media is just my name, Sylvan Marshall, S-Y-L-V-O-N. M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. I made it simple because I ain't trying to remember all the crazy-ass names so the <laughs> have. It's just my government. I got nothing to hide. I ain't, ain't got to be no nicknames. You can find me on all all platforms, all, all uh, social media platforms. Just my name, plain and simple. All right. Well, I appreciate you for sliding through and giving us this free knowledge because um, – People out there really, really need it. And I wanted to leave I wanted to leave y'all with this. EPKs are extremely important artists. If you don't have an EPK, you you just need to EPK, hang it up. EPK, bios, one sheet. With the EPKs, the combination of bios, one sheet. However you want to put it, whether you call it EPK, whether you call it a... And, and EPK is more electronic, but everything's electronic now, honestly. So whether it's an EPK, a bio, a one sheet, and a correct DJ pack, those are the four most things you need to have uh, in a press release. Which uh, uh, those are the most five things that I have when you release on a record. Yes, for sure. Those five things. If you're not releasing a record with those five things, then I don't know what the fuck you're releasing a record for. Because <laughs> I be getting so mad, even as a even as a podcast host, when I go and look for these people things or ask them to send me things. They're like, what is the EPK? Or I don't have this. Or my manager hasn't gotten it. It's, it's it's always something. So it's very important. And then also when you're sending songs to these DJs, try not to send them links. They don't like that. Send them MP3 formats. Like, stop sending links. Nobody's going to click not on the link. This is my gripe with y'all DJs and that. This <laughs> is my gripe. We just, we, just, we just preach about having proper DJ packs. At the end of the day, you can't send them any files because a proper DJ package with six files, clean, dirty, DJ intro, clean, dirty, instrumental, acapella. Yeah. That's six files. Yeah. We're not fitting. Because y'all say that, then when y'all get <laughs> six, five equals, y'all get pissed off. So this is my gripe with all y'all DJs. I'm saying it loud and clear. Like, take these links and shut up. <laughs> but we're not, as, I, don't, I don't recommend anybody <laughs> sending emails. I don't recommend anybody send a DJ more than one email. Mm. When it and unfortunately, to get that done, they got to use a Dropbox, a box, a retransfer, because at the end of the day, if they send it properly, it's six files. Now, if you just not send it properly, only got your dirty, yes, send the MP3. Gotcha. Without a question. But it's also good to ask the DJ because some DJs prefer the link because it takes up space in their inbox. Understood. Especially these artists don't know the difference between a wave file and a fucking MP3. <laughs> and don't understand, wave files are cool. Yes, they sound better, but they take up too much space in your inbox. They take up too much space in your in your Serato. That's closest to the rawest form, if y'all don't know. Yeah. So that's why y'all prefer MP3, because it don't take up much space. And it still, as long as it's 320, uh, 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 what's this shit, 320 KPBS or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still sounds very clear. It's very good. It's about a 10 megabyte file at the most, depending on how long the record is, compared to a fucking 40, 50, 60 megabyte file from away for the same shit. Yes. Yeah, that's one thing about y'all DJs. Y'all got to understand. Y'all want y'all, what y'all ask for, y'all got to accept what it comes with. If you want a real DJ pack, you, you got to take the link. Now, like I said, they clean in the dirty. 
yeah, just send the MP3. It's big enough. Email sort of 25 megabytes. Well, y'all heard, heard it here first. Free game. You said what? 25 or 26 megabytes of, of attachments on the emails a lot. Something like that. Yeah. I, mm, I want to say, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate it. And thank you for even um, explaining the marketing strategies and explaining the job of, you know, promotions and lifestyle um promotions and and just guerrilla marketing because we some of those things we still lack as a as entertainment but we i'm pretty sure we can get better with it we just need to like you said not only be the teacher but be the student so um yeah with that being said we're gonna get up out of here i really appreciate you for sliding through tell your daddy i said what's up um definitely if if you if you have anybody else that wants to slide through the podcast, I'm open. My December has been open, so just let me know. And then you know, like I said, once we do an interview, we got to keep in contact because, like you said, during the interview, building relationships, even if it's a friendship, if, a business relationship, whatever the case may be, is very very important to this thing called entertainment. Because if you no, don't. I mean, I'm pretty much done for the year, but top of the year, we definitely run some interviews like I do with other people and other DJs who got podcasts and you know, whether it's IG Live or Zoom or stuff like that because we're still in that type of era. Right. Um, top of the year, when we get, especially with the acts that I'm building with, like a Raw Youngin, you know, Travis Thompson, just to name a few. Like once we come back top of the year, because, you know, we finish shut down for the holiday. Yeah. I'm definitely with some... Um, some artists okay and i'm located in virginia as well so whenever you come through virginia virginia beach okay like norfolk um portsmouth area probably like an hour and a half from richmond three hours from dc so okay so yeah i mean just you know just just let me know one thing we haven't done yet really we haven't put artists back on the road post pandemic you know we still in it like it was before yeah 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 the multi-city, like, if we're doing something, it might be just the New York, Atlanta's, you know, depending on where the artist from, Chicago, like, because it, it, we're still in that funny phase understood. of COVID. Yeah, understood. So, we haven't, we haven't got back to the to the, to the the old school life where we were up and down from D.C. to Philly, New York, to the yeah. Carolinas, to, to the Virginias and all that, but once we get to that spot, yeah, we definitely going to, but like I said, top of the year, we definitely going to get the virtual interviews going with a lot of our new acts we have signed and uh, that's out and we still building, trying to build their awareness. Okay. Well, like I said, I appreciate you for sliding through. We're going to get up out of here until next time. Make sure you guys have a wonderful holiday because I will be off for the holidays. So Hollywood the podcast will be off for this week. Um, but I will be back on Monday. I think I have K stylist on Mon- on the following Monday. So yeah. But, yeah, just tune in, and, yeah, until next time, peace up, A-Town Down, and I thank you for sliding through. Thank you. Let's get a little bit. Let's celebrate life like it's gonna end in a minute.
some of this. And mixing this Hollywood ain't far from monotonous. Imagine the gas can't even produce more hotness than this hip hop pump. It's a female accomplice. Hey, To be a guest on So Hollywood, the podcast, just email So Hollywood, the podcast at gmail.com or follow me on Instagram. So Hollywood, the podcast and M.I.S.S. Hollywood 313. Looking to book your next studio session? Contact Session 420 at www.greenleafgang.com.